Hello everybody, I'm your host Nazarbina and this is the Omnichannel podcast brought to you by Omnichannel X, where we interview leading minds in content design, governance and systems from around the world. If you like this episode, remember to like and subscribe on whatever channel you're using and check out omnichannelx.digital for more info on our annual conference, blog and mailing list for exclusive offers and content. Now enjoy the show. Okay, hello everybody. My name is Nazar Bina. I am the program director for the Omnichannel X conference. I am very happy that I've got with me here Yuri Vedenin. Um, if I if I haven't mangled that too badly, who is the founder and president of Uexpressia, uh, and Uexpressia is an organization all about user experience. And uh, I have used the, the the tool. I am a I am a fan. I don't say that very often because I try to shut up about tools, but if I really like one, I do mention it and I, I do the, I do use this one for my work. So that's a really nice added value. So, um, Yuri, who, thank you very much for your patience. Uh, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Nels. Hello everyone. Hello. <laughs> so Yuri, um, I don't know, uh, you know, I, I met you ooh, maybe two, three years ago on the, uh, on the IA conference circuit, which is, uh, yeah. Which is a which is an interesting one. So, but I don't know if uh, I don't know if people know you in the in the in some of the other listeners of the podcast and the kind of the wider content strategy area. But you're definitely known in the UX, in the user experience community. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and uh, how you came to be where you are? My name is Yuri Vedenin, and I'm the founder uh, and the president of Uxpressia, uh, which is an online platform for visualizing customer and user experience. So we help people to build customer journey maps, personas, input maps, and, and other stuff. And uh, before, uh, prior to becoming uh, a founder of the product, uh, I ran uh, UX consulting businesses, which I still do. And uh, Express actually, as a product, was, uh, was born out of the need uh, for great customer journey mapping tools. That's how we started. So we, we needed um, those tools for our consulting work. And uh, our customers also were constantly asking whether we could recommend some great journey mapping tools for them. By the way, that was uh, back in 2014. Yeah, 2014 for the record. So we did some research and found uh, decent journey mapping tools. But since we didn't find great ones there, we thought to ourselves, why don't you make uh, a great journey mapping tool? So that's how you express a burn in a nutshell. And uh, today uh, we have like more than 170,000 uh, uh, users across the globe which wow. use our tool. Yeah, and uh, this being used by UX and CX professionals at Michelin, Deloitte, Pfizer, many other businesses, large and small. Yeah, and uh, prior to that, since you asked about the background, uh, I, uh, I used to work as the developer and then I had a rewarding career as a business analyst. Uh, certified business analyst professional by IIBA, by the way. Uh, and uh, yeah, I support local uh, communities. So I was one of the founders and organizers of uh, local business analyst community, UX uh, community and product managers community in Belarus. Oh, fantastic. So we are so delighted to have you uh, be a supporter and contributor to the OmniX community. And, uh, and thank you for coming on the show. You actually presented at OmniX. Uh, do you want to tell, tell the listeners a little bit about your experience? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I, I definitely love that. And uh, thank you for inviting me. And I was honored to be one of the speakers there. So I, I really love networking and presenting at OmniX. And uh, actually, I'm uh, very much looking forward to talking 
uh, to taking part in the conference. Yeah, I met some incredible people there at OmniX uh, that actually were talking about uh, Omnichannel from different perspectives, from like you know perspective of big and small companies, from uh, perspective of consulting services, products, from uh, both content specialists and uh, CX and UX folks and other perspective as well. So I I loved that that was, you know, um, I heard a lot from different perspectives and mm -hmm. that's, uh, yeah, that was really cool. Needless to say, it's always great to catch up with you, Nos, and with Eric as well. So yeah, thank you once again for reminding me there and uh, I definitely recommend other people to, to visit the conference. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, we would love to have you. Um, I was impressed with your presentation. Um, I remember uh, I remember going, oh, well, he's coming from a tool vendor and tool vendor presentations, you know. <laughs> but it was actually really good and really, and you know, you were, you were one of the later ones on the second day, but you, you knocked it out of the park. So I thank you for that. Thank you. So, um, so let's, let's start, uh, you know, m most of our users will have an idea, but I think it's important that we kind of level set and discuss when we say customer journey map, what exactly uh, do we mean? So what can you give us uh, your definition of what a customer journey map is and what it's for? Sure. Um, let, let me give you one of the, because, uh, yeah, uh, since we've been working uh, in, in the field for many, many years, we've heard a lot of them. So one of them uh, that we can stick to uh, that customer journey map is actually a visual representation of the path that people take when they interacting with product, organization, services, or brands. That's the essence. However, for me, uh, customer journey map is like a really generic name for things like um, user journey map, experience map. So mm -hmm. you probably heard them under different names. And on top of that, I would say that the word customer in the customer journey map is not so important here because depending on the case and the domain, it might be patient journey map, student journey map, participants journey map, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, and, and journey mapping is probably uh, more important than, than the artifact itself. So as the, it is the process of visualizing that path that happens over time and across multiple channels, by the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we can go further and say that it's not only about visualization, I mean the journey mapping exercise, but also about analyzing and using that map as well to, uh, to come up with, you know, uh, some insights to find, to spot the problems and gaps and then to find the solutions. So that's the customer journey map for me. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, I, I, I talk about this topic a lot and I, I, I am, it makes, it blows my mind how many different kind of definitions there are going on. Um, some people uh, consider it to be synonymous with the buyer's journey, which kind of gets on my nerves because uh, there's so much to user experience other than buying. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, so it, we, I use the term customer journey app because it's the most popular. But yes, we experience map would be just as value, uh, valid user journey map. Um, you know, and I do them from, a, from an information requirements point of view. So mm -hmm. the, they're the kind of the consumer of the information. Um, and, but the, yeah, whenever you do it, all sorts of insights come out. Uh, I can, I'm I can, with you. Yeah, I can like testify 100%. to that. It's, uh, I, uh, I like to talk about the, um, the, uh, the insight roller coaster in the sense that, you know, you're, 
when you go, when you're journey mapping, you sometimes people feel you're going really, really deep. Like, oh, wow, we can't, like, we're analyzing the experience in, in such detail. We can't possibly do this for all of our user experience possibilities. But you learn things in that process, which you can then apply to your whole business, to mm -hmm. the pro product design, to all sorts of different stuff. I would be very interested because you, you know, this is, it's, it's something that I, that I do with my customers, but it's your kind of your whole life. So I would be very excited to know about what kind of challenges do you find? What, what besides, you know, tool, tool stuff like the, they want features in the tool, but in terms of a discipline, in terms of adopting into their business, uh, mm -hmm. how do you see the, what do you see the, as the challenges that organizations have around, uh, taking on journey mapping and using it properly in their, in their organization? I would say that uh, there can be different scenarios for sure. Like uh, customer journey mapping uh, has many functions uh, and different teams start using it for different reasons. But uh, what challenges might drive them to start uh, doing customer journey mapping? Um, I would say that understanding that um, it's experiences that matter and uh, great customer experience is a competitive advantage. That's one of them. So comparing to similar in terms of let's say features, um, service providers, uh, the one with a better customer experience has higher chances to win customer loyalty. And more people uh, tend to understand that, including uh, upper management. So that, that might be one of the, uh, let's say, for, for someone it's a challenge, for someone it's, it's a goal. Uh, yeah, and uh, designing, uh, another one might be designing new products or redesigning existing ones. So companies want to build a good experience and turn uh, to customer journey map uh, to make it happen. That, that might be a, um, a trigger as well. Um, and uh, one more thing is that uh, the need for um, like customer journey map uh, might, be all, uh, might also arise out of the feeling that teams are not synchronized mm -hmm. uh, regarding customer experience uh, because every stakeholder might have their own vision uh, in mind. Uh, yeah, and uh, so that that might trigger. And and the last, <laughs> it's trendy. Overall, customer journey mapping is a great communication and visualization tool that helps explain complex things in a way that everyone will be sure to understand. It it combines both visual, text, and and, and other stuff. And and you can play on a different hierarchy level. So you can make it like very high level. You can go into details if you do it properly. And yeah, it, it, it can really help to uh, make the communication inside the company more transparent across mm. different departments and, and, and levels, of course, of course. Which is, of course, is essential to any omnichannel strategy is yeah. getting, getting those different perspectives aligned and, and working together. So, so that's why you start. Um, is it also easy once you get going? Uh, the how I, I have seen more than one customer journey map, which has been a very nice couple days in a workshop, and then life goes on exactly as before. So how do you make the effort actually deliver on the full potential? We are touching one of the, uh, I would say, important topic, why uh, some of customer journey mapping initiatives, why they either stop or fail, or I would, I would make it even more uh, general, like uh, what organizations are doing wrong probably mm. with their, with their uh, efforts uh, uh, trying to do customer journey mapping. Yeah, so um, other than 
what you mentioned that people create customer journey map and then uh, put it on the shelf, I would say, and they're not using that. Other than that, which is quite popular, I would say, um, okay, let's start from the beginning. Uh, a lot of people are creating either customer journey maps or personas uh, based on hypothesis. So they are not backed up with uh, actual research data and built based on assumptions. So uh, then you use hypothesis, uh, hypothesis made maps to make decisions. Uh, and that might uh, decrease the trust, of course, of other people. And uh, so the, the whole initiative uh, might, might go wrong. Um, yeah. So not involving, that second one might be not involving other stakeholders and not getting management buy-in. Uh, so uh, it's like one man band trying to create customer journey map without any resources for implementing the change, without any, any support. So that, that is what, what we see might be the problem. And usually it's either uh, customer experience, user experience, or marketing specialist who tries to be a hero. Mm -hmm. Trying to, yeah, I'm going to do that. I just read a blog or passed some interesting exam or something like that. And yeah, uh, that's cool. I mean, they, they have a lot of energy, but at the same time, you have to spend some time and involve other stakeholders and, and management, of course. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, and, and during and, that... And you mentioned yeah, data okay. as well. Yes, yeah, 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 and data for sure. So... Um, some companies also have the problem uh, that build, they, they build customer journey map um, from company's perspective. Mm -hmm. So it's more like process-based, not customer-centric, but I would say company-centric. It's mm -hmm. still customer journey, uh, sorry, it's still CGM, but it's <laughs> company journey map probably. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would say mm, that might, that's a good exercise, but afterwards, it's when you combine customer journey map and service blueprint together, you can find the, the, the real gaps. I've seen a few times where the customer journey map is not actually mapping the user experience or, or the actual real world scenario. It's mapping the fantasy. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's mapping uh, it's the organization getting together and kind of kind of quite happily painting this picture of how they wish the world was as opposed to how it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, that's, uh, that's 100% true. And, uh, a lot of teams on top of that, they build those journey maps, uh, for some, I would say ab abstract user or customer, like assumed, uh, that doesn't help to build empathy and hmm. eventually you'll get a map that isn't credible. Yeah. And, uh, the one that you mentioned at the beginning, customer journey map, is often treated as a one-time initiative, mm -hmm. rather than a rather than a living document. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that is that is a real problem. So one shouldn't expect real organizational changes uh, from one-time customer journey mapping efforts. Yeah. I would say, yeah, that uh, it should be it should be treated as a living document that is up to date uh, with actual data from different sources from different channels and readily available for all team members across the entire organization. And in that case, that will work. Mm. So communicating personas, customer journey maps to the frontline employees, very important, to sales, to marketing, to customer support and success guys. So 
um, if you don't do that, it's like you're creating something in a lab and then uh, people that are responsible for communicating uh, with your customers, they don't understand, let's say at least they, they don't know about that or they don't understand how to use that in their everyday activities. Mm. So uh, that's just part of the of the potential wrong scenarios and problems. But yeah, if you want, we, we can talk more about that. Like, I, I, I have more. <laughs> <laughs> more horizons. I always like, I, I have, maybe it becomes a bad habit. I, I always love to talk about what goes wrong. So we make sure we avoid that. And then if we avoid all the major things and hopefully we'll kind of find the right path. But, uh, but thank you for that. Um, I have, um, you know, I have you know, my perspective on customer journey mapping, which comes with the kind of work that I do. Um, right. And the, the way that I, you know, you have a much broader experience, of course. Uh, the way that I got into it was from content modeling. Um, so I was, I was uh, being asked all the time to, to develop information models and, and content types and content models, uh, personalization matrices and things like that for content. Um, and I was doing that and I, you know, I had a long career doing it, but what I found was that the, the customers didn't really know what they wanted or they knew, they knew what they kind of wanted, which was um, a less inefficient way to do what they were already doing as a, and I kind of got into customer journey mapping as a way to question the original requirements of content mm. and say, what, why are we going to personalize? When are we going to personalize? For whom are we going to personalize and et cetera? Um, and it was a way of saying, uh, we're not looking at internal efficiencies. We're looking at, we're coming back to the basics of what is our purpose here? And, and you mentioned, you know, sales and support and so on and getting those people in the room to understand the role that the different aspects play. So understanding how design adds value, how support adds value, how content adds value. It's etc. to the process. I think I've always found it a very powerful tool because it's it's when you visualize something, if you do it based on the real world, then everyone can come together and say, okay, that's that's what we're all contributing to. That's the big picture. Um, yeah. But you you you've mentioned several times uh, living document. Um, I, how how does an organization decide whether it needs? Uh, a user experience map or five or 10? Like how, how do you, how, how do you see that playing out when you do uh, singular, multiple, high level, low level? Uh, yeah, it's always hard to say uh, how many uh, journey maps uh, the organization might need. But uh, I think the good rule of thumb is to uh, identify it first. I mean, if you've never, uh, done before customer journey mapping and would like to start from somewhere, I would recommend starting from identifying all the processes. Uh, here I assume that you have them somehow documented or at least you can identify them in your organization that are um, customer centric where you, let's say, either a customer uh, interacts with your organization or you interact with uh, your customer and identify all of them and make a list. And, uh, and and yeah, that's that's the actually the potential list, potential candidates for creating customer journey maps. Uh, you then need to analyze it and to see which one to start from, uh, which is more critical at, at this specific point. Uh, meaning, like where uh, um, 
in which process you can identify the most significant gaps, uh, the most significant problems uh, after visualizing the customer journey map. Uh, and then you can start from that. And I would say it, 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 it can be like 10, 20 uh, or dozens, uh, or for some organizations, probably hundreds uh, of processes. And uh, for some people, it might be very frustrating to see that, that, that it's entirely listed first. But when you define the scope, it's easier to, to, to play with that. And you, once again, you don't need to create custom journeys for everything. Uh, it's not silver bullet. You, you, you can just start with that. So yeah, um, I, I hope I answered your question. It's not, it's not about the, the, the number for specific organizations, uh, like for all organizations, but for uh, specifically for you. So okay. start with a customer, um, um, not centric customer related processes that you mm -hmm. already have. Right. Okay. I, 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 th I think a little also, you know, we get the same, I get the same question all the time about personas. You know, should we have one, two, five, twenty-five, et cetera? And uh, it, it's hard. You know, there's no, there's not a single answer to this uh, kind of question. Yeah, yeah, same, uh, same on our end uh, because we are, we're not only consulting others or helping others to uh, to create personas as consultants, but uh, we also have been doing that for ourselves. And you know, when you are doing that for yourself, it's like you see, okay, here I can break it to two personas. Oh, no, that will uh, bring me to having 10 personas in general. Uh, and 10 is like really big number. So uh, we tried to keep in mind uh, here that from five to seven uh, personas uh, or any objects is okay to manage. Mm. Uh, yeah, so you can, you, you can uh, at least keep them in mind uh, and work with them it, uh, and it doesn't mean that if you're uh, you if you have a really um, big variety of target audiences and uh, you have a very broad target audience let's say it mm. doesn't mean that you don't need to to know that you have let's say dozens of personas potential potential personas but uh, we are talking about focus so mm -hmm. yeah I, I I would stick to small number of them like five to seven and during one period of time let's say quarter in a year i would try to focus just on a couple of them one mm. two three probably if you can but if you're a big organization you will have uh, um, a number of departments probably each one of them can focus on different personas mm -hmm. so it's uh, i mean it's it's really dependent on how how big are you and how big is your target audience it's it's some because some businesses are conglomerates of brands. Uh, so if you're talking about uh, you know a a, um, a single bank, for example, you might have mm -hmm. you know the personas for that bank. But then it can get very interesting if you're talking about the investment side of that bank, which dealing with brokers and etc., or the consumer side of the bank. Um, and then if you talk like a brand like a like a, a Unilever or uh, something like that, which is actually has hundreds of household name brands under it uh then each of those brands may do their own their own work so i i want to definitely uh keep time on the on this because i i could talk about this topic with you for for hours um but we try to keep these to a certain length would love to would love to <laughs> uh so um i want to kind of focus in on the kind of four areas which we are specifically interested at uh at uh 
in at Omnichannel X, which are content design, governance, and systems. And I, I you know, I talked a little bit about uh, content, how how we use that as customer journey mapping, is to figure out who needs what content when along their journey. But um, you know. I would love you to talk about, uh, for example, how does the customer journey map really help staff collaborate around those other three, design, governance, and systems? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I think the, as, as, as for me, the, the closest would, would be uh, design. Um, mm-hmm. So I, uh, yeah, um, speaking about design, uh, how it might help, uh, I mean, customer, Majority maps. It's actually uh, we are using that in the same way, and uh, we know a lot of organizations are doing the same. A lot of teams. It helps people to create their product roadmaps. So uh, customer journey maps. Uh, they help uh, design teams in making sure that each feature contributes to both business and customer goals. Uh, and uh, on top of that, they get to visualize the impact of uh, of changes no matter how small this changes on the overall customer journey. And uh, yeah, I've seen people using um, user story maps as well uh, for that, for creating product roadmaps. Uh, but even uh, when they do that, uh, they have a, uh, what they call it, like a, like a backbone. As a backbone, they have customer journey map. And then on top of that, they, uh, they create um, uh, like user stories probably and um, and stuff like that. Uh, I, I just want to stop you there because I love that distinction because I think that's a really important one. Um, the difference between a user story and a customer journey map. Uh, I I've specifically, I I've actually have like a kind of hierarchy diagrams in some of my presentations because I've had customers who've, who've, who've talked about the journey on a single web page. Like the journey on that page and I'm like, that mm. sentence doesn't make sense to me. Um, uh, or talking about a login journey. Like they go on a login journey. And I'm going, logging into a website doesn't sound like a journey to me. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to stop you there because it's such an important thing that we, you, can, you can use a customer journey mapping tool to look at a user story. But a user story, like those little interactions don't, are not a customer journey. Yeah, yeah, that's the, the that's true, and uh, I've seen a lot of teams they are like skipping that uh, that important step uh, mm-hmm. of uh, defining at first uh, why and for whom they are building the product, and they mm-hmm. start coming up with you know features uh, or any ideas mm-hmm. and solutions. So it helps you to get back uh, to think about. Uh, who are you building that product for? Or those features? Uh, what are their challenges, their problems? And uh, by that, you are actually helping your own product to be more successful because you're building it for your customers instead of building it for your assumed customers, for your imaginary customers. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think it's, it, it definitely helps. Um, yeah, and um, I would say, like, uh, if you don't mind, uh, we can get back to the to the content part. Just mm-hmm. to, oh, absolutely, mention, please. Yeah, because uh, it's more about uh, I think like omnichannel and all the all the stuff. So, I personally believe that uh, both personas and uh, customer journey maps and personas uh, specifically mm. help build uh, content strategy. Mm. 
So defining the tone of voice, uh, defining best channels and formats for each part of the audience, that's definitely something that should be based on personas. That's my belief. Mm. And I think it's, it's super uh, like effective. And as for customer journey maps here, they help content teams actually to see uh, the whole picture uh, and zoom in to particular interactions and build these either small or big communications in line uh, with their um, customer's path. So uh, I would say that uh, our email um, campaign, uh, not only one, but uh, the first one that we, we built for our own product, we, we built it actually uh, based on customer journey map. And it was at that point, I, I called it email, but I would say it's communication uh, because we used uh, at least two channels, uh, Intercom as the, uh, the chatbot with, thing. Yeah, the chatbot thing with mm-hmm. um, push messages and uh, uh, emails. And we build it throughout the, the I would say, life of, um, uh, of our customers. And we uh, then uh, redefined the, the messages uh, that we came, came up with. Uh, recently, we realized that we need to uh, continue that initiative. And Arthur, who you've been speaking to, our team, who is responsible as well for inbound sales, uh, he was working on uh, retention of uh, high-touch customers. And uh, he, uh, he came to me with a suggestion to uh, send a bunch of emails throughout the uh, year life cycle. Uh, and I asked him why, uh, like, why not to build a customer journey map here, like really quick, not mm. to go into super detail, but please spend one or two hours now uh, and uh, state uh, each each step where you are going to send the email, state their user goals, potential user problems that you that you already know, uh, our goals. Uh, and and probably you will come up with some some ideas. So Arthur did that, and after a couple of days, he came to me and he said, "I re uh, rewrote all the emails after that. So I I improved them significantly. Uh, thank you for reminding me that we 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 should actually eat our own food uh, here. So yeah, it definitely helps. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to skip it, but I don't want to. I didn't want to make. I want to make sure that we get to everything kind of before we run out of time. The the other two I wanted to address. Whether I'm very interested because we have people who are interested in uh, systems. You know how how does a customer journey map maybe help you understand how you what your what you need from your technology stack, um, what you need your tool, your 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 overall systems that you're implementing to support your content and your design. Um, how you build uh, requirements around that, how you how does a customer journey map help kind of with figuring out the technical technical side of experience and conduct? Uh, and uh, here's the uh, I would say tricky thing because uh, if I were myself uh, several years ago, I would say yes, definitely customer journey map will help you with that. But now I realize that. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, I mean customer journey map alone won't help you with that. Okay. Uh, it's it's just a tool, but uh, being combined with uh, a both mentioned uh, service blueprint, 
will definitely help you with that. Can you make that uh, distinction? Service yeah, blueprint sure. versus customer yeah. journey map? Yeah, 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 sure. So uh, customer journey map is uh, actually customer centric, is the way you view it from uh, customer, what they like to say, customer eyes or mm. work, uh, walking in the customer's shoes. Mm -hmm. But as for service blueprint is your internal organization um, processes. Mm. And when you combine these two, like you haven't, uh, we usually um, we usually draw it or visualize it, uh, customer at the top mm -hmm. and organization at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So when you have it like on the top, on the bottom, and you combine it, you see where are all the gaps. You see uh, which, let's say, departments, uh, which roles uh, are supporting customers at each point, how customer flow in between them, and uh, by that you can also yes and and in service blueprint you can also specify the the systems that you need mm -hmm. uh, or specific probably features in those systems after mm -hmm. brainstorming you you can see that okay uh th this is sales department working with 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 customer and then it's a customer support uh, guys who are working uh, with uh, the same bunch of customers afterwards, but they're doing that in different systems. One are uh, work like the first working definitely with customer uh, with CRM, and the others working with some um, like I don't know like customer support solution. And you see, okay, they might be lacking some data on the customer support side. And you think, okay, how can I help them? I need to define some kind of in, uh, integration, probably pull the data from CRM or push data from mm -hmm. CRM to there. So that, that's are some of the examples how it might help. But once again, combination, combination. And the backbone is customer journey map. Uh, then you like see how, how it goes with, uh, with your internal processes. And when you combine that, you can then identify the points where you can improve. Excellent. I, uh, I really like the idea also because I think it's very important that people realize that you can do a customer journey map and then you can come back to it and keep layering on value. You know, one of the reasons that it's, it needs to be a living maintained thing is that you can add new levels of value, new layers of information on it, new perspectives onto it. Um, and uh, you use the term ser service blueprint to so make sure we're using kind of all the buzzword bingo. Uh, I am assuming when you say service blueprint that that's the output of a service design process, which is driven by design thinking. Uh, I would say uh, service blueprint. I use that term here uh, kind of generically for uh, for a combination of uh, things like um, business processes. Uh, so if you have defined your internal business process, no matter mm -hmm. whether you used service blueprint or any other, let's say, notation, framework, whatever else. The main idea here is uh, visualized uh, business processes. So mm -hmm. that's the thing. Okay. And uh, once again, no matter who actually created it, either service designers, business process engineers, business mm -hmm. analysts, or any other people who were uh, actually visualizing it, the main thing is what is inside. Mm -hmm. Excellent, okay, good, good. Um, so do we have time for, do you have another couple minutes for talking about governance a little bit? Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, just once again, to, to, to make it more clear, um, uh, how, how, how do you define that here? 
So governance, uh, when I'm, when I'm asking about governance, uh, what I'm really talking about is the organizational design. Let's put it that way. So we can design content models, we can design products, we can design systems. How do we design the teams and the decision-making flows? So we get to a point in a customer journey where X happens. Um, and then we have a point where who, who resolves the situation? Uh, does the local regional manager who, or say, you know, the account manager, do they make the decision? Is it a central decision by head office? Is it, uh, you know, is it a technical driven decision? Is it a marketing driven decision? It's, it's who has the authority and then what are the escalation paths within the organization? How do we collaborate? How do we communicate? Who gets to decide what? It's so simple, but very few organizations do it properly for omnichannel. So I, am, I, I think that there's potential at, at saying, okay, well, not only have we seen what we should do differently for customers and for systems and for the product, we also potentially could come up with insights that might help us change how we work together. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for, uh, for clarifying here uh, that part. Uh, that, uh, that is what we, are, um, what we see, actually, there are organizations when they start utilizing using customer journey maps uh we see that the trans transparency of the communications actually increases and uh sometimes even uh it happens that you know uh when a few teams are together in one uh, in one room discussing that they just built customer journey map uh, and uh, let's assume that it, it is still based on assumptions. So, so uh, they even haven't gone uh, in the fields speaking to customers. They just gathered everything that they have uh, in their heads. And it happened a lot of times when people, uh, let's say from sales department, when they saw which uh, issues customer support are dealing with on their stage, they said, whoa, so, you are telling me that you experienced these problems because we set these expectations uh, at the beginning and customer support, uh, probably. We never thought about that, but yeah, it seems like that. And they, okay, why not we just not tell our potential prospects or customers uh, this thing and you won't experience that at that moment. So uh, the, uh, that transparent communication, they start. Uh, they start, and at some point, um, that uh, it, it, it was like an easy, I would say, easy gap, easy, easy thing. Hmm. Uh, if it's more global, that might bring your organization to some structural changes. Mm -hmm. Let's say uh, you will define, uh, you you might define uh, more frequent communications between departments, or even for another department, which will be. Uh, cross, mm, I would say, uh, which will go uh, cross steps of the customer journey and mm -hmm. will make sure that uh, the experience is seamless. Uh, so that's what we've been seeing actually that uh, on small level and on, on high level, it might drive to, to change in your organization. And uh, probably even customer experience uh, departments might appear. Uh, in your organization, and they will, uh, they they might support the uh, that 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 seamless flow uh, mm -hmm. across different departments, and make sure that that is, uh, um, as I mentioned, uh, that experience is seamless. 
that's what we've been seeing. And uh, yeah. I think that's, the, so that's, that's great. And I, I really like the example of increasing interdepartmental communications. So for example, uh, you, you, you kind of, you, your example was a negative, like the, the salespeople were setting an expectation they shouldn't, which then caused, but the, the exact, the, you also mentioned the, the, the inverse of that, which is that if we told you what we were saying, then you would be ready. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, you know, or, or uh, you know, if we, if we included you in this process and got your input, then maybe we could avoid these downstream problems. So I, I, I think that uh, anytime that you're getting, as you say, these, these um, cross silo, cross touch points, either communications or councils or roles or teams, you know, something that is bringing together the organization and making it a less um, fragmented is, is a really positive uh, outcome. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's true. And you you mentioned one of the uh, strengths of uh, customer journey uh, mapping as an initiative uh, or as a deliverable. It helps uh, break silos. Yes, definitely <laughs> across organization. Yet you know, people start uh, talking more. Uh, they're uh, less um, finger pointing. Uh, if if everyone care uh, see the value of mm-hmm. uh, making customer happy and uh, bringing uh, those customers across different channels and departments seamlessly, uh, I think that is the very good goal for organization that might not only help that uh, departments to, um, to work together, but uh, at the end, make that organization more successful uh, in, in the market and uh, comparing to their competitors. Excellent. Excellent. So um, I, I want to wrap there because we're, we're, we're running short on time. Uh, sure. Thank you so much uh, for joining us, Yuri. We hope we'll see you again on the podcast at the conference uh, in future years. And uh, thanks, to, thanks to everybody who, uh, who's listening today. So have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Nas. Thank you for having me. Yeah, stay safe. My pleasure. Have a good one. See you around. Thank you for listening. This has been the Omnichannel Podcast with Naz Rubina, founder of Rubina Consulting. Drop us a comment on our LinkedIn or Twitter and let us know what questions you'd like answered next time and who you'd like to hear interviewed. See you then.